ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌಭುನತ್ತು ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರ್ವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾ ವಿಷಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಆಲ್ ರೈಟ್ ಸೊ ಟುಡೇ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಡೂಯಿಂಗ್ ಆಲ್ ದಿ ವಿಭೂತಿಸ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಸುಬು ಐ ಥಿಂಕ್ ವಿ ಶುಡ್ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ಅಪ್ ವಿತ್ ವಾಟ್ ಯು ಆರ್ ವಾಟ್ ಯು ಪ್ರಿಪೇರ್ಡ್ ರಾಜೇಶ್ yeah we'll do the chanting but basically i just want to set the context we'll do the, okay. do the basically uh, you know to everyone subhu has prepared some bunch of slides which sort of connects some of the puranas with uh, the some of the vibhutis what is mentioned here so we'll go through it and obviously you know we will uh, look at how um, you know if we'll chime in wherever that is required to enhance the combined knowledge here okay all right so with that uh, subhu you want to chant up Yeah Rajesh you want to chant or you want me to chant you can chant one continuous you can chant okay you can see the slide yeah okay today we chant from uh, 1019 to 1027 shri bhagavan uvacha antate kataya katayishyami divyahyatma vibhutaya ಪ್ರಾಧಾನ್ಯತಕ್ಕುರುಶ್ರೇಷ್ಠಿಯಾಮಿಭೂತಯ divine glories of mine he because astina antaha there is no limit me me vistarasya to my manifestation the lord replied well o arjuna i shall tell you the main divine glories of mine because there is no limit to my manifestation verse number 10.20 ahamat ahamatma guda kesha ಸರ್ವೂತಶಯಸ್ಥಿತೂತಾನಂತೂತಶಯಸ್ಥಿತಿಂಗ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಹಾರ್ಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಆಲ್ ಬೀಯಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಅಹಂ ಆದಿ ಐ ಎಂ ದ ಬಿಗಿನಿಂಗ್ ಮಧ್ಯಂ ಚ ದ ಮಿಡಲ್ ಅಂತ ಆಸ್ ವೆಲ್ ಆಸ್ ದಿ ಎಂಡ್ bhutanam of all beings o arjuna i am the self residing in the heart of all beings i am the beginning the middle as well as the end of all beings verse number 1021 adityanamaham vishnuho jyotisham raviranshuman marichi marichir marutam asmi ನಕ್ಷತ್ರಹಂ ಶಶಿ ಅಹಂ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಐ ಎಂ ವಿಷ್ಣು ಆದಿತ್ಯಮಂಗ್ ಅಂಶುಮಾನ್ ರವಿ ಐ ಎಂ ರೇಡಿಯಂಟ್ ಸನ್ ಜ್ಯೋತಿಷಾಂ ಅಮಂಗ್ ದ ಲೂಮಿನರೀಸ್ ಅಸ್ಮಿ ಮರೀಚಿ ಐ ಎಂ ಮರೀಚಿ ಮರುತಾಂ ಅಮಂಗ್ ದ ಮರುತ್ಸ್ 
Aham Shashi, I am the moon, Nakshatranam, among the luminaries of the night. I am Vishnu among the Adityas. I am the radiant sun among the luminaries. I am Marichihi among the Marut. I am the moon among the luminaries of the night. Verse number 1022. Vedanam Sama Vedosmi Indriyanam Anuschasmi Bhutanam Asmi Chetana Asmi Samavedaha, I am Samaveda, Vedanam, among the Vedas, Asmi Vasavaha, I am Indra, Devanam, among the gods, Asmi Manaha, I am the mind, Indriyanam, among the senses, Cha Asmi Chetana, and I am the intelligence, Bhutanam, in all the beings. I am Samaveda among the Vedas, I am Indra among the gods, I am the mind among the senses and I am the intelligence in all the beings. Verse number 1323. <clears throat> I am Shankara, Rudranam, among the Rudras. Vitteshe, Kubera, I am Kubera. Yaksha Rakshasam, among the Yakshas and the Rakshasas. Asmi Chapavakaha, I am the Agni. Vasunam, among the Vasus. Cha, me, cha Aham Meru, and I am the Meru. Shikarinam, among the peaked mountains. I am Shankara among the Rudras. I am Kubera among the Yakshas and the Rakshasas. I am Yagni, Agni among the Vasus and I am the Meru among the peak mountains. Verse number 1024. Puro dasam cha mukyam maam vidhipartha brihaspatim sena nina maham skandaha sarasamasmi sagaraha Partha, O Arjuna, vidhi maam, no me. Brihaspatim, to be Brihaspati, Mukyam, the foremost, Prodasam, among the priests, Aham Skandaha, I am Skanda, Senanam, among the commanders, Cha Asmi Sagaraha, and I am the ocean, Sarasam, among the reservoirs. O Arjuna, know me to be Brihaspati, the foremost among priests, I am Skanda among the commanders, and I am the ocean. Verse number 1025. Maharshinam Bruguraham Giramasmyema Aksharam Yagyanam Japayog Japayagyosmi Stavaranam Himalayaha Aham Bruhu. I am Bruhu. Maharshinam among the great sages. Giram among the words. Asmi Ekam Aksharam. I am the word Om consisting of one syllable. Asmi Japa Yajnaha. I am Japa Yajna. Yajnanam among Yajnas. Himalayaha. I am the Himalaya. Stavaranam among the mountains. I am Brigu among the great sages. Among words, I am the word Om consisting of one syllable. I am Japa Yajna among Yajnas. I am the Himalayas among the mountains.
Among all the trees, Narada, I am Narada, Devarshinam, among divine rishis, Chitra Rataha, I am Chitra Ratha, Gandharvanam, among the Gandharvas, Chamuni Kapila, and I am Sage Kapila, Siddhanam, among the Siddhas. I am the fig tree among all the trees. I am Narada among the divine sages. I am Chitraratha among the Gandharvas. And I am Sage Kapila among the Siddhas. Verse number 1027. Ashwanam among the horses, Vidhimam, know me, Uchai Shravas, to be Uchai Shravas, Amrtod Bhavam, which emerged during the churning of the milky ocean for nectar, Gajendranam, to be Airavatam among the great elephants, Cha Naradipam, and to be the king, Naranam among human beings. Among the horses, know me to be Uchai Shravas which emerged during the churning of the Milky Ocean for nectar, to be Airavatam among the great elephants and to be the king, Nara, Adipa, among the human beings. Om Tatsat. Beautiful, Subha. Thank you. Your voice is actually sounding like Gantazala voice to me. Thank you, Rajesh. So should I just uh, start with those few slides? Yeah, I think you should start with the few slides. And uh, all of us can chip in wherever we uh, we remember something that uh, that has. Uh, okay, you can see this, right? All of you can see this, yeah. Not it. We can see only the uh, shloka and meanings. I've already projected. Wait a minute. Uh, then you're not uh, shifted. Tell me when you're able to see because it's already projected in my end. Yeah. I think uh, you may have to share the screen again because yeah. it's sharing. Stop, stop sharing and share again, uh, Subo. Just once. Yeah, okay. One second. Just one second. Yes, yep. we can see it now. You can see it? Okay. Yes. Hey, Haryom, everyone. Um, so, this was an actually a inspiration from what... Uh, Rajesh posted in the group two days back. I thought, you know, to do these 10, 12 shlokas, it's important to actually understand the connect as why certain vibhutis are being mentioned as, you know, the glorious ones. So I tried to actually dig a little deeper in understanding what it is. This effort is just a effort from my end, but it may not be fully complete. So I request you to add as we go by. And as I take you through some of these slides uh, relating to the linkage to Puranas and other uh, scriptures. So, Vibhuti Yoga, the glories of the Lord. Um, just one second. Yeah. So, we are covering actually verses 19 to 27 in this, uh, you know, uh, satsang. And in 19 is when I think Arjuna is asking Krishna, saying that, you know, uh, it's not that you have not given me the vibhutis earlier. You have already told me in chapter 7 and chapter 9. 
but I still want to understand something which is extraordinary and glorious of yours in much more detail. And therefore, tell me the extraordinary vibhutis once again, you know, so that I can use that as one alambam, which is basically a symbol for meditation or worship to attain you. So while uh, that is the request put up by, you know, um, Krishna, I mean, uh, Arjuna, uh, so from 19 onwards, I think the Lord starts to give his vibhutis. So he starts giving his vibhutis from verse number 20 and goes on till 39. And what uh, Paramarthananda uh, Swamiji says is that, you know, uh, the first vibhuti that actually the Lord talks about is actually the Nirguna vibhuti of the Chaitanyam, Atma. Aham Atma Guda Kesha. So that is the first thing that he starts with. And he ends with a Nirguna vibhuti again in verse number 39. And in the middle, He's packed up, you know, from verse number 21 to 38, he has packed up all the saguna. Okay. So basically starting with nirguna is the greatest form, vibhuti. And then coming one step lower to saguna. And from 21 to 38 covers the saguna and then ends up with the nirguna again. Right. So there will be three kinds of vibhutis here. So one is the nirguna vibhuti we already saw in verse number 20 and verse number 39. And uh, then there is a laukika vibhuti, which is basically, uh, you know, references to the vibhutis that is seen in the world. And the third one is basically related to the vibhutis based out of scriptures, right? So there are three kinds of vibhutis that is being spoken about here. Um, one of the references in the scriptures and Puranas is basically uh, when you look at uh, the gods and the demigods and deities, etc., there are actually 33 main devatas. Now, these 33 main devatas are actually, you know, five in five of uh, type, you know, the 12 Adityas, 11 Rudras, 8 Vasus, Indra and Prajapati. Prajapati is actually Brahmaji only. Um, so, 33 main devatas, um, they are invoked in all the rituals that we are doing in the Vedas, you know, which is there in the Karmakanda. All these are, uh, you know, invoked during the time when the rituals are being done. And it is these 33 devatas, as per the Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, they have multiplied into crores of 33 crore devatas. Okay. So, that's the understanding here. And as we speak on the Vibhutis, there are two significant stories which emerge. Okay? One story is of Ganga Vataram, which is the coming down of Ganga, you know, to uh, from the heavenly abode to the Bhumi and from Bhumi to the Patalaloka. There is a story around it. And the second story is about the churning of the Milky Ocean, which is the uh, Samudra Matanam. Okay? Uh, so there are two stories which are, you know, significantly, you know, spoken about uh, in his lectures. So I thought I'll take some reference to that and I will share some of the inputs that he has shared. And of course, uh, you know, Rajesh was asking about the reference to Vishnu Sasnam. I think there are many references, you know, of uh, the Vibhutis in Vishnu Sasnam. In fact, all the thousand uh, eight names are Vibhutis in itself. Uh, in fact, the starting of the Vishnu Sasnam itself is like Vishnu Vishnu Vashatkaro. You know, that itself is saying that Vishnu is the Virat Purusha. He is everything, you know, in the universe, right? Uh, but there are also some of the, you know, slokas which I picked up from Vishnu Sasnam. That is, Subhujo Durgaro Vagmi Mahendro Vasudo Rupu Vasuhu Naikarupo Brihadrupa Shipivishta Prakashana. Shipivishta is actually referring to the sun. Prakashana is the effulgence that has been spoken about. Then Ojas Tejo Dhiritara Prakashatma Pratapanaha Riddhas Pashtaksharo Mantra. When you say Pashtaksharo Mantra, basically which is referred to the monosyllable Om. And... Chandramshur, which is saying, basically talking about the moon and Bhaskara Dyutihi, which is again, you know, relating to the sun. Okay. Um, there are many, many multiple references in Vishnu Sasana, but I just thought I'll pick a few of them and say uh, what is more related to the 
eight slokas that we are trying to do today. Okay. Um, coming to basically um, this, this I just put it in a template form just for my understanding. This is my notes. I just thought I'll share it with you. But uh, very quickly, you know, uh, I think ten verse number ten twenty talks about you know. Amongst all the living beings, I am Atma Chaitanyam, and uh, the reason for that is basically that you know it is the Chaitanyam which actually you know keeps the living beings uh, alive, right? Um, every organ is sentient because of the Chaitanya, and it is the Chidrupa's Vibhuti which is being spoken about here. And one reference that one can take is that since the Lord is revered as every form of life in this universe. Uh, the need to be, you know, uh, uh, not harming uh, others is ex exceptionally, you know, uh, spoken about in the scriptures. And therefore, ahimsa paramo dharmaha becomes the, you know, one of the, you know, values that one needs to imbibe in, uh, you know, uh, in this world, right? Uh, even if you're not able to practice ahimsa fully, uh, I think the aim is to actually mitigate to the extent that you can perform ahimsa on the other person, right? And which is why you see that in many of the, you know, um, in many of the, you know, uh, scriptures, you will see that a lot of rishis actually end up, uh, you know, eating food, fruit, which has actually fallen from the trees and they don't go and pluck the fruits. You know, there are rishis like that. And um, also, if you look at it, uh, the, the, the need for vegetarianism is also something which is coming out of this saying that, you know, life has to be revered. And as a result of which, you know, uh, we do not try to create uh, a harm to the other being. And therefore, the promotion of vegetarian food. And in some cases, like plants and uh, this one, people normally, you know, the rishis end up taking only the fallen fruit. And, you know, to that extent, they form, uh, they practice ahimsa. Okay. Um, in the second part of the same verse, he talks about the fact that I am in the beginning, the middle and the end. And uh, basically saying that he's the Shrishti Karana, the, you know, Stiti Karana and the Laya Karana. Okay. Uh, and he's the Jagat Karana. Right. And one thing which comes out of this is that, you know, um, you know, if you look at the clay pot example, you know, the clay was there before the creation of the pot. Uh, and it is also there during the existence of the pot. And it will continue to be there with the destruction of the pot. Right. And uh, this is one thing that we need to understand that the cause is, you know, always there in uh, past, present and future, which is the Karanam always, you know, is present in the past, present and future. And if you see, uh, you know, the shloka in Bhagavatam also, there is this uh, Chatur Shloki Bhagavatam where he says, Ahameva Sameva Gre, Nanyas, um, you know, where he says, I am Ahameva is I alone. Okay, was there in the beginning, was there in the middle, and it will be there in the middle, uh, will be there in the end. And therefore, the, it raises a very fundamental question on, um, you know, relationships that we have. So, whatever relationships that we have, you know, um, you know, is only for one Janma, but the relationship that we have with God, is, you know, across genmas. So if you look at who is my security, you know, uh, is it is basically God alone is my security because he's the one who's there in the past, present and future. Okay. That's the take here. Verse number 1021, he talks about among Adityas, he's the Vishnu. So there are 12 Adityas, you know, Adityas are actually, you know, uh, Dwadasha Aditya. Okay. And uh, Dwadasha Aditya is basically, uh, uh, you know, the 12 uh, faces of the sun representing the 12 months. Okay. Even in Surya Namaskar, there are 12 Namaskars that we do to the sun. Okay. Uh, to the different 12 Adityas that we are talking about. And, um, you know, as per the Puranas, Adityas are actually the Putras of Aditi. Okay. And since in Vamana Avatar, Vishnu was born to Aditi, he is also called an Aditi Putra. And therefore, among the Adityas, he is referred to as the Vishnu. Okay. Um, 
and among the luminaries in the sky. So when you talk about luminaries in the skies, whom are you referring to? You're referring to stars and you're referring to planets. And, uh, you know, there is a survival, uh, you know, uh, sun is required for our survival. And um, we have Aditya Hridayam, which is a special work, which is, uh, you know, there to glorify the Lord's sun. And in Ramana, there is a reference where Sage Agastya teaches Aditya Hridayam to Rama to take on his bow and fight, you know, and uh, fight with Ravana. Okay. And uh, what it actually assures is praying to the sun god actually assures you material and spiritual victory. And uh, the sun is the pra uh, Pratyaksha Ishwara, right? Uh, so we, we're all talking about Sagana forms here. So, you know, relations to what you physically can see in the world. Okay. That is why what happens is uh, we are encouraged, you know, as par part of Vedic culture to get up early in the morning to receive the sun. Okay. Because it is God entering your, you know, home. So we prop propitiate to the sun. Uh, we do Sandhya Vandanam, you know, early in the morning and we light the lamp also early in the morning to be able to, uh, you know, and show and seek his blessings. Marut is basically, you know, there are certain colonies, you know, which uh, Swami P explains in his uh, lecture, saying that there are different colonies in heaven and these are held by Devatas. Devatas are typically Jeevas who have accumulated a lot, a lot of Punya and occupying certain positions, right? But when you talk about the Maruts, you're referring to basically the wind. And he, the Lord says among the, you know, the various, uh, you know, aspects of wind, he's Marichi, the pleasant breeze, okay, which actually envelops you, uh, you know, and you feel good about. Um, in the uh, next uh, statement, he makes that he's the star, among the stars in the night, he's the moon, uh, because uh, it is the most brilliant and attractive. And there is a practice of, you know, doing Masi Purnima, you know, Chitra Purnami, etc., you know, celebrate Purnami Puja on a regular basis. This is one way of actually propitiating to the Lord, you know, by keeping moon as one of the symbols. Just one second. So 1022, he talks about Samaveda. The reason why Samaveda is chosen is it is because it is musical in nature. One thing I picked up here was, you know, most of the other Vedas, right? That is the Yajur Veda, Rig Veda and uh, Atharvana Veda. There are only three Swaras that are used, right? And most of them are, you know, between Sarega, Sarega, you will be able to manage and make the whole Veda chant. Are possible. But whereas in Samavedya, Samaveda, all the swaras are used, all the seven swaras are used. And that is why it is, you know, uh, you know, Krishna says that, you know, he is Samaveda here, because it is not only, you know, the Veda, which is giving you the gist, um, you know, um, but it is also, you know, musical in nature, and it covers the entire swaras. Um, as far as Devas are concerned, uh, Vasava is basically the Indra Devata here, which is being, which is the controller of all the Devatas. Um, amongst the Indriyanam, he says, I am the Manas. Okay. We know that the senses have only one function, which is eyes can see, ears can listen, etc. But Manas can actually, you know, is capable of functioning in all the fields of Shabda, Sparsha, Rupa, Rasa, Rasagandha. Okay. And therefore, mind is superior to all the senses. And uh, it is also used as an alam, Alambanam uh, of the Lord. And uh, actually, the Taitre Upanishad focuses, focuses more on the mind meditation. And it is very prevalently, uh, you know, uh, spoken about and practiced. Um as living beings, he says, I am the consciousness. Uh, we spoke about this, uh, you know, uh, thing earlier also. Um, he says uh, that, you know, uh, we value life and therefore uh, the manifestation of the Lord. Um, uh, you know, the point is that here when he talks about living beings, he's speaking about not just the human being, but also the, you know, the smallest insects that are there in the, you know, creation. And uh, even a small ant. Uh, you know, has a body-mind complex. And if you were to keep a finger in front of an ant, the ant will actually turn its direction and move away. So, you know, 
the fact that it is this um, you know a consciousness which is keeping everything alive in this world and it is a means of actually valuing um, you know creation and also the acceptance that you know we are not in a position to create even one unicellular organism you know uh, despite uh, so many years of research okay um in 1023 he talks about the rudras there are 11 rudras which are being spoken about in the scriptures okay um when you do the ekadashi rudra which is the chanting of the rudram 11 times okay you do uh, 11 times chanting because and a multiple of 11 uh, primarily because you know we're talking about 11 rudras here the the one in the center apparently uh, in the puja there are 10 um, you know uh, uh, you know rudras and the one in the center is the middle is actually the shankara okay and um, it is shankara actually means the most auspicious one it is the mangalam it is ananda okay and uh, in a way by giving ananda he removes the sorrows right and uh, in fact uh, satya sai baba used to say you know uh, rudram chant panni badrama ru abdin solvaru so in the sense you know a chant rudram and you know uh, you know protect yourself is what he would say and uh, rudram actually brings in a lot of joys and it is a you know a deity to actually remove the sorrows yakshas and rakshasas are basically you know different kinds of devatas in the heavenly world and kubera is amongst them who is the master of the wealth and apparently uh, you know the story of tirupati is lord venkateshwara story of indebtedness to kubera but there is also a story of badrinath temple where uh, apparently you give a coin to the badrinath uh, you know the uh, kubera and take it back and keep it in your purse and it is expected to multiply that is the belief that travels okay um in uh, 1023 he talks about the vasus the vasus are eight in number which is the panchabhuta sun moon and stars um the, here he says i am parvata which is agni okay because uh, agni gives warmth and sustains life and um, you know it is also a great purifier okay uh, because any time you want to you know remove the impurities you know heating is one of the mechanism it is used you know water you want to purify water you boil you want to uh, cauterize a needle you you know sterilize it you heat it you want to dry clothes uh, you wash it and then you dry it so agni is supposed to be the purifier and here it is also referred to as a purifier of the mind and he says krishna says i am the fire principle okay and that is why this use of you know uh, the flame also to invoke the celestial light and then keep it in at home and light the lamp much before you know daybreak right among the mountain he says he is meru and there was a very interesting uh, note here um, there are many uh, hypotheses on what meru is now some people say meru is a himalayas some people say meru is a mountain in the polar region of north pole and uh, some people also say that you know um, uh, it is not a visible mountain and it is somewhere in the heavens now uh, apparently there was a person in the south who you know did some research on this and he concluded that the meru mountain that is being spoken about in the scriptures is the one in the north pole because there is a statement in the scriptures which says that the sun actually goes around the meru mountains and he says during the you know first 6 months of the year in the northern hemisphere um since there is no night and there is no sunset the sun is actually going around this mountain and apparently this is somewhere in the you know um, uh, norway denmark and sweden uh, area and uh, meru is used in all the functions uh, rituals and uh, it is one of the peak mountains and it is production of meru is expected to be uh, a pilgrimage uh, in our scriptures uh, among purohits he is brahaspati so purohits are of two kinds uh, celestial and uh, earthly purohits okay and um, uh, brihaspati is one who is helped indra and the devatas okay uh, and he guides us in all the rituals so among the purohits is brihaspati 
Skanda, uh, the army commander, um, Skanda was actually Subramanya. And uh, apparently he uh, emerged out of uh, Lord Shiva's third eye, um, you know, to destroy a Rakshasa. And uh, Skanda actually means flow out, emerge. And uh, since it came out of the third eye of Shiva, he also represents Jnanam. And that's why it is called, uh, Subramanya is referred to as Jnana Skanda. So it also attains a philosophical significance of uh, giving uh, knowledge. Among the water bodies, he's the ocean. Now, here is where the story comes in of, uh, you know, the story of uh, Ganga Avataram. Okay, the coming down of Ganga from the heavens. Apparently, uh, there was a Raja called, uh, you know, uh, Sagara Raja, uh, who was trying to do an Ashwamedha Yajna. And uh, Indra was a little worried because if you do 100 Ashwamedha Yajnas, you can actually occupy the position of Indra. So Indra was very worried. And he wanted to do something to, you know, sort of spoil this function. And therefore, he stole the Ashwamedha horse and uh, ran away with it. And apparently, the Sagara Raja had 60,000 sons, right? And uh, Sagara Raja sent these 60,001 60, son. So, Sagara Raja actually sent 60,000 sons. And uh, he told him to go behind Indra to get this, um, you know, Ashwamedha horse when it was stolen. And Indra, what he did was he went to Patala Loka and uh, he saw these 60,000 sons chasing him. And as a result of which, what happened was um, he tied the horse around, uh, you know, Kapilamuni was sitting there in Patala Loka and uh, meditating for many years. And uh, what uh, Indra did was he tied the horse to, uh, to a tree next to Kapilamuni and he uh, escaped. Now the 60,000 sons came, uh, you know, looking for the horse and they started digging huge pits, okay, which is now what is called uh, the ocean. And uh, these pits were dug by, you know, the Sagara Putras, uh, Sagara Raja's Putra and water started flowing into it, right? And then they somehow reached Patala Loka and they saw Kapila Muni with the horse and they thought the Muni has the one who has actually stolen the horse and they started giving him abuses and the Muni woke up and then he got angry and enraged, saying that they're accusing him of something he had not done. And therefore, he burnt the 60,000 sons uh, just by his opening of his eyes. He just uh, burned them to ashes. And this is the story. Now, the you know, obviously, uh, there was a concern. There was this one son who was, you know, uh, seeing this whole thing. He came to Kapila Muni and asked him. And he said the only remedy for this is to, you know, uh, ensure that Ganga, uh, you know, uh, flows down and, uh, you know, sort of revives them and gives them moksha because they were not able to do the rituals because they got completely burnt. So what happens is this guy goes back to his father. Father says, "You, it is your job to you know get Ganga down. And he doesn't know how to do it. So his son uh, again tries um, and his grandson is Brihaspati. Now Brihaspati is the one who finally you know sort of uh, takes this task. Uh, and that is why they say whenever somebody takes a very Herculean task, it is referred to as a task, uh, you know, uh, he's referred to as a Brihaspati. Right. Bhagirath. So he prayed for Bhagirath. Ah, sorry, 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 sorry. Bhagirath. Yeah. So sorry. Thank you, Alpana. So Bhagirath actually prayed for almost close to about thousand years. And uh, what happened was Brahmaji came and then he said he agreed to actually send uh, Ganga from the heavens uh, to Patala Loka to you know revive the sixty thousand sons of Sagaraputra. Now what happened is when this happened, Ganga was not very happy that Brahmaji gave the. Uh, you know, boon to, uh, you know, this uh, Bhagirath. Okay. So as a result of which what happened is she uh, said that she would actually come up with huge force. And if that 
with that force, if she was to come into the earth, the earth will actually get destroyed or shattered, etc. So what happened is Bhagirath again started praying to Lord Shiva because Shiva is the only one who can help him in this thing. So he prays to Shiva for another thousand years and then uh, Shiva agrees to actually take on to Ganga. And uh, so after meditation, what happens is that, uh, you know, uh, Ganga is taken and uh, Ganga comes with a full amount of force, but then Shiva takes it in his, uh, you know, Jada and then uh, ties it around. Now what happens is Jada, since the Jada is around Ganga, Ganga gets, uh, you know, suffocated and uh, Kapila, I mean, uh, uh, Bhagirath actually finds it difficult that it is not flowing down to Pataloka because Indra Shiva has taken the mighty force of Ganga and tied it up as it. So again, he prays to Shiva to actually release some water and Shiva finally releases some amount of water which flows down to the, um, you know, uh, Buloka. And as it flows into Buloka, what happens is there is a, a sage called uh, Janma Rishi. Um, so it flows through his her hermitage and while uh, this is happening, it floods and therefore he gets a little irritated and he drinks the whole Ganga into his mouth and he puts it into his stomach. So again, you know, Kapila uh, Bhagirath is, uh, you know, uh, forced to pray for some more time and, uh, you know, uh, request the, uh, you know, sage to actually release Ganga and he releases the water through the ear. And now it flows down and then the suns are revived. Okay. So actually why this particular uh, story of Ganga Vataram is being spoken about is... Um, you know, uh, what Swami P says is that, you know, it is a lesson in perseverance, right? And it is very important for uh, anybody going on the spiritual path to be staying on this path and putting all the efforts that is required, you know, despite all the obstacles. So he says there are three types of people. One is Manda, uh, you know, somebody who doesn't start because thinking, you know, uh, it is impossible to do. Uh, number two is Madhyama. Madhyama starts, but uh, he gives up halfway because there is obstacles. He feels that these obstacles cannot be crossed. So he's in win. Uttama is the Bhagirath's um, example where uh, despite many obstacles, he was able to revive his uh, ancestors uh, through uh, by getting Ganga down to the uh, Pathalaloka. Okay, so this is one story. And I'll tell you why the story is there also as we go go back, uh, go in uh, to the remaining slides. Last two more slides. Uh, I won't take uh, more than five more minutes, uh, 10 minutes, uh, Rajesh. So in 1025, he talks about that he's Brigu. Okay. Um, so there is uh, two kinds of rishis spoken about. One is the Maharishis and the other one is the Devarishis. When he says he's Devarishis, he says he's Narada. When he says Maharishis, he's saying I'm Brigu. Okay. So who's Bruhu? Bruhu is actually the, you know, uh, he's one of the Saptarishis, uh, born directly out of Brahmaji's mind. And uh, that is why he's also called a Manasaputra. Okay. And he's considered to be the eminent one because he was able to put the Trimurtis to the test. So Brahma, Vishnu, Shivan was actually, Shiva was actually put to test by Bruhu because he wanted to know who's the patient one. And both Brahmaji and uh, Shiva failed. And when he kicked uh, Lord Vishnu on his chest, Vishnu held his uh, leg and inquired whether it hurt him. Okay, so Vishnu was the patient one. Vishnu was the one who actually, you know, qualified uh, to be more the patient one in Brigu's test. And since he had the capacity to be a great examiner of the Trimurtis, he is referred to as a Maharishi. And uh, Krishna says that I am Brigu among the Maharishis. Okay, um, among the words he says I am Om. Om is a uh, monosyllable. Uh, we know that there is a, a lot of description of this in the Mandukya Upanishad. Uh, Om actually is A U and M, uh, Um, and uh, it encompasses the Trinity again. The Akara, Ukara, and the Makara, uh, you know, is confined in this, and it is the most efficacious mantra which is used in both Karmakanda, Upasana Kanda, and Jnana Kanda. Okay, 
when it comes to japa uh, when it comes to yagna he says he is japa and why is he japa because japa is something that uh, anybody can practice without any restrictions at any place at any time uh, whether you know you have health issues you know if you were to do rituals the you know the karmakanda way uh, there may be a lot of restrictions some people are allowed to do uh, agnihotri is allowed only for certain people kshatriyas cannot do it certain things like rajasoya yagya only kshatriyas can do uh, some uh, rituals only males can do some only females can do but here in japa anybody can do okay second thing it does not take any physical effort other than the fact that you are using an organ of speech to be able to uh, do the japa over a period of time right uh, and the third is it doesn't require any expenditure right uh, so it is one of the most simplest thing by which you can actually attain spirituality and therefore it is uh, you know spoken that you know you have to do one uh, sadhana of you know 108 times of any nama that you want to take and do it regularly over a period of time right and uh, he says if you want to really unlock the potency of this uh, mantra you have to count the number of aksharas if you say om namah shivaya om namah shivaya okay five so you have to multiply it by lakh okay you chant it five lakh times is when the potency will get unlocked and you chant it one crore times it will get even more unlocked so that is how it is spoken okay uh, so if you want to really uh, you know unlock the potency of a particular mantra take a mantra multiply it by lakh or crore and chant so many times and you will be able to do that okay uh, among the immovable things he says he is himalayas uh, and that is also the shivas abode and among the trees he says is ashwatha ashwatha tree is very uh, unique in the sense it is referred to the people tree actually and it actually has the trinity embed embedded in it so the mantra goes like this okay moolato brahma roopaya that is the roots are referring to the brahma madhyato vishnu roopine that is the trunk is referred to as the vishnu and agrataha shiva roopaya that is the the top is referred to as the shiva okay and vriksha rajayate namaha to that particular vriksha i salute and offer my namaskars okay so it is the trinity tree and it is also referred to as the bodhi tree in uh, you know buddhism uh coming to 1025 uh we are talking about devarshi we spoke about maharishi is bruhu and for narada he says i am amongst the devarshi i am narada there are two points here in the chandokya upanishad narada actually gets brahma gyana from uh, sanat kumara okay and that brahma gyana is referred to as bhuma vidya a bhuma refers to brahman and uh, you know and narada the name itself says uh naram means gyanam and dha means giver so narada is the giver of knowledge and therefore he is narada amongst the devarishis among the gandharvas gandharvas are people uh, celestial beings in heaven um which uh, who actually you know are known for certain forms of art music uh, you know dance painting sculptures etc and the king of gandharvas is chitraratha and that is why he says i am chitraratha um the muni kapila we have already seen him um he could burn 60000 people just by opening his eyes and therefore he had siddhi okay uh, he had siddhi siddhik powers so parmartanda swami says there are four kinds of people you know if you take siddha and self knowledge kapila muni had both siddha and self knowledge right and therefore he is uh, referred to as uh, kapila muni has the best among the siddhas um the horses lordly elephants and uh, you know airavatha and uchchai 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 sravas now this is a story of um, you know the churning of the ocean which i will cover in the next slide but the last one is basically among the king he says uh, among the men he says i am the king because king is supposed to be protecting dharma 
and hence since dharma uh, you know yada yada hi dharma says the lord is referred to as a one who is protecting dharma he says i am the king so that is the reference to being the kin of king among the men now this is my last slide um so basically the lessons in vedanta see uh, the churning of the ocean is like this so the you know there is a story you know uh, of a curse which comes to the devas and asuras because you know um, i think uh, the airavat i think uh, there is something that happens in the you know devas and asuras and they are looking for you know uh, getting nectar and um, so you see devas on one side and asuras on one side and uh, the churning of the ocean we know the story uh, you know a lord took the form of uh, you know uh, kurmavatar the tortoise and he held the you know the mountain i think the mountain is meru right um uh, on on him so that uh, and vasuki was called in as a rope to be able to churn churn the you know um, uh, sagara to be able to get the amrit now when this started happening apparently what happened is um, you know at first there were 14 uh, precious things which came out of you know the the sagara the the ocean the first one to come was lakshmi then there is airavata then afterwards this you know uh, uchair shravas you know you see these uh, you know things right all of them came out there are some 14 numbers uh, 14 uh, precious things which came out and at the end of it there was also vesham that came out the poison also came out okay now how parmarthananda swami ji says is he says um, the ocean churning and gangavataram symbolizes uh, symbol uh, it actually symbolizes uh, the need for perseverance to obtain brahma vidya okay uh, so getting brahma vidya from the lord is like getting ganga avatar you know getting ganga from the heavens into you know the bhuloka and then patala loka the samudra mathanam is like churning of your mind okay now uh, your mind is the sagara okay and uh, the ocean is actually the milky ocean which refers to the sattva guna and the churning rod is uh, nothing but the scriptures okay and by doing so one will get gl various glories and siddhis and if you start churning your mind with the scriptures the knowledge of the scriptures you will get a lot of benefits you know you will get a lot of siddhis and a lot of glories okay but if you are satisfied with the initial benefits like lakshmi airavata and the precious stones and the uchchai shravas which come up you would not have found i mean unlike the devas and asuras who were not satisfied with this they would not have got the amritam otherwise okay so it is important for us to you know uh, so what happens is when we are in the spiritual path we may get a lot of worldly benefits but that is more like an obstacle and a hindrance than anything else is what parmarthananda says and he says one should understand and continue these efforts so that the real goal is achieved so that is the sagara mathanam linkage and the ganga avataram linkage to the lessons in vedanta so thank you very much om tat sat yeah awesome subo deadly man fantastic thank you brilliant thank you you are in a flow today and the <laughs> mountain used for that one was mandar not meru mandar mandar okay sorry sorry i'm also hey, trying to and is uh, it uh, <laughs> is it 14 or 13 things that came i thought 14 14 uh, the book uh, it, 14 it said, is what is mentioned uh, i think even oh, maybe uh, maybe the 14th was the amrutam itself i don't know because, because yeah, this yeah, text yeah. i remember seeing the 13th number i may be wrong yeah hmm. okay and rajesh was... to your question that kapil muni uh, i have heard both views so one says no it isn't the same muni because the kapil muni which is mentioned here is a vishnu avatar Ah, yeah. uh, and he was the one who uh, 
married Devahuti, who was the daughter of Manu and Shatrupa. And uh, he's the one then who then taught uh, Devahuti because the father, Kardam Rishi, he left after the son was born. Um, and then um, the mother wanted to know the knowledge which uh, Kapilamuni gave to her. Uh, and he was both enlightened and uh, he was a Siddha. So people right. say he's not the same one who wrote, but in our book, uh, he refers to as the one with, who wrote okay. Sankhya Phillips. Yeah, that's so, what I also thought. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Super, this was beautiful. Why don't we spend maybe the next 40 minutes that we have uh, to listen from others in terms of any other insights that we can, that you glean from these shlokas? Hey, I had a question. Why is that uh, doubt when he says the Meru mountain? Why is there that question that it could be Himalayas as well? Because in a subsequent uh, verse, he refers to Himalayas as Himalayas itself. Right. So why should it be, uh, why should that thought that Meru could refer to uh, because uh, Meru is a peak, Himalaya is the whole range. So it could be a peak, one of the peaks in Himalayas is the confusion. But a lot of people think that Meru is a imaginary, invisible, not imaginary, invisible mountain. Yeah. The one that you can never cross. So that's why even in the Japamala, there's one bead which is known as Meru and you never cross over it. You turn it when you do Japamala. You yeah, complete yeah. one round and then you turn around and then you do like that. Because that that bead, the biggest bead is known as Meru. And you're never supposed to cross it oh. till you are enlightened. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. One other thing what I also heard is that, uh, you know, if you if you remember the theory of theory of creation as uh, from our Vedantic and Puranic, not Vedantic, Puranic perspective, it talks about these 14 lokas and all that stuff, right? So... All these 14 lokas, you know, they are not uh, necessarily, um, uh, they're not necessarily um, space-wise aligned in some fashion, okay? They could be, uh, you know, you, if you say patala, doesn't mean you dig into the ground. It is a, it is a level below a certain, you know, a plane of existence that we normally used to. And then likewise, you go down, likewise, similarly above as well, okay? And so... Uh, when you look at all this entire 14 lokas, there has to be an axis, uh, uh, there has to be an axis, a center of point that would connect all, all these 14 lokas and make them uh, go in a, in, 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 in a particular fashion, in an organized fashion, okay? And, you know, just as, you know, you, you have all these celestial bodies, the uh, sun, moon, and uh, the planets and everything, you know, in space, all of them are, uh, revolving around some axis or the other, which may may not be uh, known to us at this point of time. So, where what I have read is that this Meru uh, Meru Mountain apparently is that center axis on which mm -hmm. all these fourteen worlds, okay, in the creation that talks about in the creation, all of them are revolving around that. So, it's that it's that uh, centered uh, point as uh, what what they call it. But I, I, I really have no clue what this is. I probably am kind of, you know, making up stuff as, as I speak here. <laughs> no, actually, um, you know, a lot of places, there are different points of views on the same thing, you know. So I, I really do not know 
I was trying to look at even what is Rudras, you know. If, you know, in some place, you know, uh, Swami P says Shankara is a Rudra. But if I look at 11 Rudra, Shankara's name doesn't come, right? Um, so I don't know whether it is a different name being used for something. So really don't know which, which is the scripture to follow. And it varies according to the Puranas you choose also. Vishnu Purana says something, Shiva Purana uses Shiva as the center and does everything around it. Yeah. yeah? So, yeah. Hey, and... Uh... Just going back to the Meru mountain, it says, uh, you know, the base of that Meru mountain is supposed to be in Jambudvipa. And it isn't Jambudvipa something that you say in, uh, you know, when Jambudvipa you are, is uh, the Indian subcontinent. Indian subcontinent. Continent, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm just a little confused, uh, you know, when they say that the Meru mountain's base is on uh, Jambudvipa. Then yeah. that's why uh, I think Himalaya was the was the first the choice. It's a peak oh. within Himalaya, and the uh, that's why. So the, there, what? Yeah, yeah no, go ahead. Now no, go ahead. Finish. No, no, no. I finished. <laughs> so I heard recently, which I found very fascinating on Jambu Deepa, because whenever we are sitting for puja, there's always mm. that uh, Jambu Deepa comes about. And I always yes. used to wonder what is this like, you know, we are Jambu sitting Deep. in India and this is Jambu Deep. So apparently that all the five or six continents, whatever we have today, they were all together and India was an island. And this is, this is somebody who was explaining who had read all the scriptures and whatnot. So he was explaining this to me, in fact, last weekend. So it's mm -hmm. fresh in my head. So that's why we say Jambu Deepa. Mm, cool. And and one other thing, the reference to Meru also, the spinal cord is called as Merudand in Sanskrit. Ah, okay. Okay. To your so, point, I, Rajesh, the different lokas that you said, no, 14 lokas, they are sometimes interpreted as the different chakras in the body, too. Correct. Correct. So that's what I was coming to. So when so, it comes to that, then it, it makes sense. Yeah. So said. the point is. The point is here, in, if you look at it, you know, in, the, in, in Swami Chinmayananda talks about saying that uh, uh, he's, he, Bhagavan will talk about his immanence as well as his transcendence, right? the yoga and the uh, vibhuti. So, you know, I don't think that uh, people make a lot of distinction between the external world and the internal world, especially the spiritual, spiritual people on the spiritual path. So if you if you if you uh, make, if you don't make that distinction saying that, OK, hey, I am moving away from external world into myself. And if you just say, okay, I'm uh, just focusing on my on on the so-called the body and uh, mind, and then 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 spine becomes the most important thing, and then you're trying to elevate all the energies through meditation or whatever that you do, and then you uh, you know you get to that sahasrara chakra and all that all that 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 part of it. So I think it's all it's all you know mystical and uh, in some sense you know uh, depending on which school of thought that one aligns their mind themselves with, they probably will find some meaning. But, uh, you know, these are all the things that we should understand from our, from our perspective. I think we should just take away that there's no difference between this body and mind and this external world. It's all the same because there's only one thing ultimately. Just on that point, uh, 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 Rajesh, uh, in, in yoga, spine is considered, everything centers around the spine. Um, yeah. In fact, yeah. all um, all asanas are created around the spine with the the six uh, um, degrees of freedom around the spine. You know, so uh, it's the most important thing. Yeah, 
very interesting i think our our ancestors have perfected the art of figuring yes. out yeah you know <laughs> there is actually a story again mythological story uh, around the vajrasana you know where you sit with your um so vajra is the uh, uh lightning right the the and in this case actually in this case it's a diamond it's called the diamond pose so um uh and it's the hardest substance so yeah the story goes like you know the, they wanted to defeat a particular uh, um uh rakshasa and they finally uh, uh, the the uh, they reach this um um yogi who was supposed to have the hardest uh, spine because of his years of practice of meditation and then they ask him and so he gives up his body and from that spine and the hardest substance uh, they build a um, uh, they, they yeah they build a um, what do you call that a weapon to finally uh destroy the rakshasas so there there is that story as well so oh this is a dadichi story dadichi story yeah ah, it will come in the next section that's the mm. next vibhuti among oh, really? weapons okay. i am the vajra so that vajra comes that's from the, the oh okay, okay so that yeah. is the dadichi story yeah okay but this was awesome, awesome. Uh, subu you actually nailed it man today it was beautiful i, I was a little <laughs> no the thing is um I, you know still i i feel there are some places where even i'm not very clear um it's like probably i don't know if there is somebody can tell me the source where one needs to look for this information you know no. <laughs> uh, because so i also did research similar to yours so my story of ganga is just minor difference so he had 60000 okay. and one son one yeah 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 60000 and one son that hmm. so 60000 were so Kill the sagar uh, and the name of the king is sagar and sagar, because sagar, his okay. children dug the thing that's why it is known as sagar sagar's okay. kids kitta so okay. it is sagar and, and then Ahamanjoon the 60000 first no? kid that one uh -huh. kid who was the oldest one his name was asmanj and asmanj. he was a miscreant so he was yeah. actually exiled from the kingdom in mm. even before the ashwamedh yagya was done so he was mm. exiled because he was like a madman and he was a miscreant always creating yeah, yeah, yeah. so his yeah. story is very similar to jarbharat he was almost mm. close to enlightenment in his previous life so he didn't want and he was the oldest son if he behaved well he would have been made the king so then he would mm. have to be in this thing so he actually was very happy he was exiled and he but he did marry and his son's name was anshuman anshuman and then so when the 60000 kids were when they uh, were burnt by kapila rishi sagar reaches to his his eldest son ki boss you go and look for them now so he said no i am uh, i will not do that but my son may help you so then anshuman tries and he couldn't finish he the task he doesn't succeed yeah. he didn't succeed so his son was bhagirath yes bhagirath yeah, and he took it upon himself that his purpose of life is to get ganga and then uh, when brahma ji told him so he first prays to brahma ji and mm. and ganga was very keen to come down mm. Uh, mm. so both ganga and bhagirath they prayed together because ganga had affinity for shiva so okay. she said oh shiva can hold me in in his locks so so she, they both prayed to shiva but then shiva held her so tightly that she was choked suffocated uh, yeah. yeah 
so then they prayed again and then he let go because uh, if nobody would have held ganga it would have yeah, forced one to the patal lok yeah so then once it goes down you cannot bring it up so then how mm. will it go through the path where okay. those were burned so that's why shiva was and then when he was uh, then he let go little by little and that rishi's yeah. name is janu j a h n u janu rishi yeah. and i think the janvi or something is coming no later something. yes so when yeah. he let go that's the reason he's known as janvi and mm. on day of akshay tritiya is when he let go uh, that's why the birth of akshay tritiya is also known as birth of ganga day i see because okay. that's okay. the day when janvi janu rishi Next let go. her go let yeah. let her go okay so, and interestingly right. symbolically if you let's say you're doing some rituals and uh, let's say you touch your feet or you sneeze or whatever right and uh, you you're supposed to go wash your hands and legs but people don't do it they just touch their right ear and and then continue because right ear apparently is supposed to be the <laughs> place from where the ganga is to be staying there <laughs> beautiful yeah, and, like, so, so what you do is actually you just you don't have to take bath because you're actually after certain things you have to take bath you can just sprinkle water here on the ear and then you can continue <laughs> <laughs> yeah very interesting shortcuts for so the modern world related stuff right you know it does how your life can be lived if you understand the puranas what are yeah. the you know escape routes and all those things everything is backed <laughs> <wrapped> up <laughs> yeah. i think it was more focused on the intent right i mean like uh, just to ensure that the intent is good then clear so even if there is something that goes wrong okay think that ganga is here then think that you know you're purifying yourself but the thinking process just vanishes then you start doing mechanically that's when the problem arises <clears throat> hey vp you had True. your hand raised for a long time yeah hour. so so since we are talking about all away from the shlokas uh, you know i just uh, wanted to ask kishore kishore you use the word uh, mythical stories or mythology um and i always wondered about that that why do we call all these stories mythology because in our scriptures and whatever you know we have been listening hearing uh they have been sort of presented as the real stories right? so i was just curious i mean i don't mean to ask you per se but i just thought i'll ask because you <laughs> use those words i i also use the word ignorant <laughs> you know, as I said, yeah, I, I think there are always... two different, uh, uh, two different sets, right? Itihasas and Puranas. Yeah. So, so we pay. If I may answer, uh, all Purana stories may not have happened. It may have happened. It okay. may not have. Happened. So there's no jury on it out yet. <laughs> But Itihas definitely happened. So some of these stories may not. Uh, Ramayana, Mahabharata, Itihas. Yeah. Ah, uh, Ramayana and Mahabharata are Itihas. Mm, interesting thank you yeah i okay. I, i i always thought, correct me if i'm wrong my understanding was that uh, this the uh, puranas the stories were created to make it easier to assimilate yeah. uh, some of these harder teachings is is that right correct. me to uh, yes yeah correct but some of them actually may have happened have as happened well. and then they weave so that they in taken it as yeah but no one knows which ones happened which ones didn't so like, like in this case uh, you know to to prove the point that hey spine is very important and that's you you, you need to focus on that i mean here's a story that shows how uh, how important spine is like somebody can now remember okay you know this is this is why i'm doing this as an example 
But to but how do you how do you say that it's a uh... sorry? Go ahead. I I'm going to say you know to your question. No, no, what what is what is mythology mean? I mean it's it's often you know construed in different ways. But what does it really mean in in terms of etymology or the the essence of them? Myths, no mythology. The word mythology. Myth. Yeah, the it's, myth in the Indian language is something that like, does not happen or is not untrue, real. Un, untrue. Yeah, untrue, right? Or often untrue, right? Yeah. So, I mean, what is? So, how does one sort of look at this word that might be worth talking about? I don't think you should so, use it for our our purposes. Mythology is too broad based, and uh, it is used by the Western world to describe some of our scriptures. Uh, right. We have more finer classification between Itihasas and Puranas, like uh, what Alpana mentioned, right? Itihasas are clearly what we believe in our dharma that they have occurred uh, on this earth at some point in time, in some era. And Puranas are Puranas, right? Some of them could, they could truly be mythology. Uh, mythology. There could be stories and they, some of them could be uh, true happenings as well. And stories so, Jay, to explain go... the, the Vedas. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, finish. Uh, sorry, go ahead. Finish, no, I was just saying that uh, these stories were to make it, as VP said, to make it easier to understand the Vedas. Yeah. So I was just yes, saying that, uh, Ajay, I think uh, I my understanding is the word myth comes from mithya. And that's how it has... I think uh, uh -huh. that's how it has become, yeah, and and that's how it has been propagated by these Western scholars uh, to club everything as uh, they were saying that you know they just were indiscriminately yeah. and they just put everything as mythology, and that's why I don't particularly like what Devdutt Patnayak talks about. Right, he's the king of modern mythology. Yeah, I know. Uh, on the scriptures, and mm. and I think so. It's a big hodgepodge now. Sorry, you were saying something. No, no, no. You complete your thoughts. Sorry, I thought you done. So, uh, so, so that's why you know there is always this tension in my mind that as to what is real and what is not real. And as Alpna said that yeah, Puranas are sort of could be either or. But even there, you know, you don't know what is true, what is not true, and hence everything has been you know put together in one big uh, category as far as the Western scholars are concerned. Yeah, Shini, because before you it. go, I just wanted to say that yeah, they selectively used Mithya, right? The whole world is Mithya that way. So... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't go that far. Only they got it right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I know. So they should have taken it further. And solved it that's for an interesting time. thing, huh, Rajesh, to say that uh, mythology came from Mithya. Hmm? Yeah, I like that. It's, it's my interpretation. It's logical. It makes sense. I no, no, it, it sounds sure. good. I mean, it's 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 yeah. believable. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can add a yeah, joke it's on believable. top of it. Yeah. <laughs> Mithya is believable. It's an oxymoron. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> so we are also operating in different locas. Patana looks in this loka. <laughs> so different level of consciousness. Yeah.
so so i have a question then are lokas are lokas puranic or they are they are real like there is uh, some uh, true to uh, truth to that i i have a slide for that you want to see that i, I just open that slide just one sec <laughs> since we have time and i think uh, sure sure question question is uh, are the are the protein lokas part of uh, vedas or are they part of uh, puranas see i think it is already uh, the lokas are um, not a fiction of imagination you know so i don't know this is what i had picked up from uh, can you see this yeah yeah so this is how the the 3d model of you know the 14 lokas are given i mean this is one picture i generally picked up from the google but if you see the text on the left hand side right so apparently what happens is that you know there are seven worlds you know from bhulaka there are seven worlds on the top like there is bhu bhuvaha suvaha mahaha janaha tapaha satyam okay and satyam is where brahma ji sits okay so if you see all these seven lokas are the ones which come as part of the gayatri mantra uh, you know when you do the uh, this one no om bhu om bhuvaha om suvaha om mahaha janaha om tapaha om satyam okay so then we say tatsavitar varenyam vargo devasidhimahi yoyona prachodaya right so then we say apo jyotirasamvartam bhurbhuvasam so seven worlds are the one at the top and the seven worlds below are athala vitala sutala sarathala talathala mahathala and patala patala is the one which is the lowest okay which is the bottom apparently these 14 lokas are in the shape of a egg okay it's that is why it is called andam egg is an andam and since it is created from brahma ji it is called brahmandam okay so it's a typical word that is used for something which is very gigantic right uh, so 3d model is in the form of an egg created by brahma is called brahmandam and uh, apparently there is a lot of ambionic fluids okay which is like like that of an egg and that is why it is called garbodham uh, garbodakam also right and apparently inside is where the lord pervades uh, pervades and uh, you know when you look at vishnu sasnam there is a statement right bhuh padav yasya nabha vedasurla chandra surya cha netre okay bhuh padav is basically the earth is his feet okay yasya nabhi from the lotus of the nabhi is where the brahma is seated so you can imagine the lord is beyond all this okay uh, when it is described in vishnu sasnam and the other thing is basically you know this is this is how the thing is explained okay this is what i could gather from uh, some discussions and topic earlier sorry uh, shrini I, I you have your raised hand raised shrini yeah uh, see just a clarification on itihasa and puranas from what i could uh, you know gather itihasa is something you no know, which really happened and it is being it was written as it happened so which means that as the uh, you know story unveiled i mean not the story as the event unveiled it happened but puranas can be both ways na puranas can be something which actually happened also or it could be a figment of imagination also yeah, yeah. so i think this is the subtle difference between uh, itihasa and puranas the one more uh, you know uh, area where we have to see is puranas are uh, you know the the ideas which are relevant even today so uh, that is one point i think which uh, swami ji made in some of his uh, lectures the puranas which is being said na can be relevant even today but itihasa is like you know events which happened uh, once upon a time from which uh, we need to take the uh, you know the gist of whatever happened and we can uh, you know fine tune our life 
so i thought i will just add this also and uh, if if i am correct or wrong you know somebody can correct me but itihasa is a true uh, uh, incidents that have happened right mahabharata ramayana he is saying yeah. he is saying uh, itihasas may not be relevant in terms of the messages or the happening mm. because see itihas again uh, so ramayana is not that it happened only once it happens in so many uh, because it's cyclic right correct it doesn't happen every treta yug but it happens in some of the treta yugs so that's why there are differences in different ramayan some some ramayan will say uh, hanuman ji was a brahmachari and some they will say hanuman ji was a married person because there may be minor differences the whole, whole storyline remains the same but uh, there may be minor differences in between so that's why it did happen but it can be conglomeration of different times i mean kak bhushundi saw nine nine rams in his lifetime sorry come again kak bhushundi he he has seen ram nine times <laughs> in his life it's a crow it's a crow in rama and which keeps okay okay so and just one more point is actually even upanishads have stories right sometimes but vedas were before everybody came so then are do you consider those stories are real or not real i thought you were supposed to answer questions and you were supposed to ask questions <laughs> but actually speaking no uh, i have heard this thing that even the upanishads sometimes they differ in the sequence of this panchabhutas no see normally yeah. we say akasha then afterwards we say you know uh, vayu then fire jal and then prithvi right somewhere i think in one of the upan i'm not forgetting that i think it's chandokya or something i think it says it the other way around that is it says jal and then fire and then earth so there are differences uh, even uh, you know uh, there In, uh, because them. it is all mithya nothing was created there is a story everything is a story <laughs> because it wasn't created <laughs> if it was created then it will be factually correct and all consistent hmm. because nothing is created it all appears it all appears together like a dream in the dream your grandfather doesn't appear first then your father and then yeah, yeah. you no they can appear in any order you will appear first and then your father will come and then the maya itself creates the relationship also oh no it would have come before right <laughs> so i think that, i mean the, the answer is there is that uh, there is no creation otherwise it, if if there was really a creation the story in the story of creation which is adhyaro would have been constant or same in all upanishads we just use one to say or oh, this is how it may have happened and but then eventually you have to negate it all right so that's that's why you can and that's why i was actually half joking when i said in mythology they should have just said everything is a mythology <laughs> including what's happening in science and everything else right because there is no creation shrini you have something to say no i'm done i'm done Lower your hand. You can lower your hand. You don't mind. Thank you.
I had one more thing I had was because we covered Japa and uh, yeah, uh, Subhu beautifully covered that, you know, the number of letters in the mantra, you have to do those many lakhs. And then you have to do one third more because otherwise you have to, uh, there are certain things you need to do after the Purusharan is completed. It's called as Purusharan. Purusharan is each number of letters that are there, those many lakh times you repeat it for unlocking it. Because in Kalyug, all the mantras are actually locked. They're called Keelit. Keel is the nail, so they're locked. So you have to open it for it to be uh, beneficial or to reap the benefits of it. The other way is actually most of the gurus have it unlocked. So when they pass it on to you, then it is unlocked. Then you don't need to do the Purusharan. And then uh, difference between uh, Purusharan and uh, what's the other word? Uh, parayan. Parayan. So parayan, parayan is, is when like, you, like, yeah, Gita parayan, like you read it. You don't repeat it. Yeah, you, you, don't. you don't repeat it like hundreds of correct, times, etc. You do one whole thing. So that is known as parayan. But japa is where you repeat and it's usually a small yeah. mantra. And... Uh, you can you say that again? If there are five letters in the mantra, you have to repeat it five lakh times plus a third longer. One third of five lakhs, actually, to One complete it. So like for Gayatri mantra, it is uh, 24 letters. Lakhs. So you have to do it 24 lakh plus three lakhs. So uh, 27 lakhs. Time. 24 lakhs plus eight lakhs. Actually, not 8 lakhs. It's 3 lakhs. So, 27 you have to do. So, whatever the math is. That number you have to do in addition for it to okay. be. So, we should do one at eight, least one, one of Gayatri to get Antahakaran Shuddhi. And this Japa should be continuous. No, 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 no. No, no. You can do you it can, at any You can. You, See, so, people normally tend to do 10,000 a day. So, then also it will take years. It, it, a year. It, it, it's very it's, uh, long, yeah. Because I've done the math. Because um, there was, uh, you know, there was one astrologer whom I met in Chennai. Okay? And uh, he went and sort of started seeing my horoscope in the evening. And then, you know, at about 7.38 in the evening. And uh, he justified his seeing. Because normally, astrologers are not supposed to see it after the sun sets. Okay. And that's what he told me, right? He told me that uh, we are not allowed to see, but uh, I have the, you know, capacity to see it after the sun sets because I have done one crore Gayatri Java. He says, right from I was a child, every day I have done 1008. And he was some 75, 80 years old guy. Okay. And he says, now after having chanted 101 crore Gayatri mantra, you know, Agni Devata is with me when I am giving you the, you know, the assurances and the predictions, etc., etc. So he was so vehement when he spoke. And I suddenly came back and I immediately did the math, you know. Even if I did 1,000, okay, in a day, for in, in a year you would do how much? Yeah, you would do only 30,000. I mean, 300, 3 lakhs you will do, right? Even if you do 1,000 a day, you do 3 lakhs. And you have to do this consistently for, you know, uh, 30 years to be able to touch one crore. Without a break. You know? So, Subhu, get started, man. <laughs> hey, I, I am... No, I, I actually chant Gayatri a lot. Um, I used to chant even when I was a kid and all that. That has been my strength all, all along in life. And uh, so that question, I can tell from experience. That I can tell from Subhu, experience. I don't know how much I've reached. Whether, yeah. uh, sorry. 
Yeah, the yeah, question ahead. is, uh, which I'm trying to know whether that guy's prediction turned out to be correct or not, with all the claims that he made to you. <laughs> no, whatever he, I mean, uh, he yes, of course, some of them uh, did come true, but uh, but I mean, the he gave me a perspective to the whole thing, right? And he said that see, typically to chant a Gayatri mantra thousand and eight times, you have to spend at least one and a half hours here. It is not easy. We do it once a year, okay? Uh, in uh, when we do this change of thread, right? Avni Avtam, it is called. We do it once a year. And that time when we chant, we chant. It takes me at least one and a half hours to one hour, 40 minutes to finish off. Uh, and if I do it slowly the way I'm doing now, because now I have stopped the you know going fast, I have started doing it slowly. Uh, it takes a real long time. To, so to I read the story around uh, Sati. Um, Sati's father apparently did this uh, Gayatri Japa, uh, you know, like... I don't know, some 10,000 times a day or something like that he used to do, apart from being a king of uh, this thing and all that. And then, you know, while they were describing how he could have perhaps done that many times, it was, right, when you say it, it takes a certain amount of time. But when you internally do it, right, it takes a much shorter time. And maybe that is how, you know, those huge number sure. of petitions is counted. You know, in South, there is a, there used to be a Swamigal, um, you know, called Gayatri Swamigal, you know, um, I don't know whether somebody has heard of him. Um, I did not have the chance to meet him, but my family, my father, mother, and I think my brother had a chance to meet. Okay. He's actually a Grihastha who took to chanting of Gayatri Mantra regularly uh, after a point in time. And uh, apparently what he said, says is that, you know, at one point, he was asked not to repeat more than 11 times a day at a certain point after he had completed a thing. And he was like a Siddhi, okay, Siddhar, right? To my brother, to my father, mother and all that, uh, when he, they did namaskars and all, he materialized, uh, you know, small, small idols and gave it to them. Okay? And uh, so he, he was in a position able to manifest. He had certain powers. But apparently the only thing that he does is like, you know, all through the day he chants the mantra, all through the day. You know, and he will not talk to you, but when he meets, he blesses you and he manifests and gives something. He doesn't know what is coming in his hand. It might be a Ganesh Murthy, it might be a you know Devi Murthy, it might be a something else, Hanuman, whatever. But he will manifest something and give it to you. And uh, but that's the power of the mantra, you know. That's the power of the mantra, repetition. That Gayatri mantra is one of the best for Antakaran Shuddhi. Sorry? For Antakaran Shuddhi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of yeah. the best to do. So. You know, there is a story in, uh, you know, uh, Bhagavatam also. I don't know whether we've discussed this story before, but, uh, you know, just before the end of uh, the Krishna Avatar, um, you know, the Pandavas asked him, you know, uh, what is it going to be like, you know, from now after the war is over, everything is over, etc. So they asked him this question. And then he says that it's going to be Kali from now and, um, you know, uh, I will tell you the, you know, an example of Kali and he shoots four arrows in four different directions, asks Arjuna to shoot and then he asks the Pandavas to go and actually fetch them, right? Um, so, so what happens is Arjuna goes and, um, you know, he finds where the arrow has fallen. He finds actually a cuckoo, a bird, a cuckoo bird actually singing very sweetly. But at the same time, he was aghast to see that um, it was holding on to the flesh of an animal and trying to pick the flesh and eat the flesh at the same time. Okay, so he was very aghast seeing that. Bhima went in one direction and I think, um, you know, what happened? I think uh, two, three things happened. That is, um, he saw 
you know some wells um and then uh, you know one well was overflowing lots of wells were dry but at the same time there was one well which was overflowing quite a lot right uh then again nakula said all of them go in one of them actually end up seeing a boulder coming down on the mountain and all of a sudden it stops in front of a small uh, plant okay um, and there is one more ah uh, there is one more of a cow and a calf right and uh, so one of the pandavas see the cows and calf and the after the cow is calf is born the cow is trying to protect the calf so much that the calf actually is not able to survive it's not able to get up on its knees and uh, start and it actually dies right so when they come to krishna they ask him what is the you know significance of this so the first one he says is the, the brahmins okay uh will be like the cuckoo birds you know singing beautiful things but they will actually exploiting the society so that is one he says the second thing he says about the mother and the calf he says that will be the relationship of how attached the parents will be to the kids in kaliyuga right and he says it will be to such a point that they will not be able to retract when they try to retract it will be a bit too late for the kid to actually be able to stand up on its own legs number 3 is the you know the wells going dry and the wells going uh, full he would say that wealth would be unevenly distributed in kaliyuga some people will have lots of money and some people will not have money at all but it will not be the nature of the people with wealth to be able to give money to the people who are in need okay and the last one he says is the rock coming down the uh, you know the mountain and being stopped by a small plant he says uh, the rock is like the character of the person it falls down and you know sort of de- degrades very quickly in kaliyuga but then what is the plant and the shrub which is able to stop the rock he says is namasmarana okay he says it's the power of namasmarana which will be able to even bring down you know the degradation that happens in uh, basically thing it's a story in uh, bhagavatam but in so kaliyuga if you have to do the gayatri yeah if you have to do gayatri you should do it with viniyog because otherwise Sorry? it's long. what is that viniyog you do gayatri you should do it with viniyog what so is viniyog uh, i can post it it's the you just Mantra. need to say who's the rishi who's this thing so that it's unlocked uh, before you okay. say it for for full benefit otherwise also you'll get benefit but for larger benefit Vipi, you had your hand raised. You... Yeah, on a lighter note, one benefit of Gayatri is what I can share with all of you. Whenever I'm not feeling sleepy, I start reciting Gayatri month, and I have never finished eleven of them. So it has worked every time for me. To get what you have not finished? How many of them? Eleven. Yeah. So before I finish the eleventh one, I am off. Wow! <laughs> I should try that, Vipi. I have trouble sleeping, man. <laughs> <laughs> So, so keep going, keep going, and see what is your limit, and then next morning you will know. But I, I have actually counted many a times when I'm not getting uh, sleep, and that's primarily because of some anxiety or some worry. I mean, not these days, but earlier, I would just start chanting the Gayatri month, and by eleventh I'll be gone. So, wow. so I mean, jokes aside, it's I think Alpna is right that even when you are doing it without the video, just because the There is so much power in those uh, letters, uh, in the way it is supposed to be chanted. Uh, you know, you just uh, 
sort of feel very relaxed. I think that's what my experience has been, that you feel very relaxed and you sort of move away from whatever you're 